friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Kolb. I'm the publisher and CEO at cuinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. There are so many folks out there whose job it is to support credit unions. And together, we get to identify those issues that affect credit unions and talk about the best practices that exist to learn from one another and improve our industry. I am so excited to have today's guest joining us. We are joined by Mark Allgard, the President and Director of Client Strategy at Momentum. Mark, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. I think it's been a couple of years when I was with one of your colleagues. Right in the early days of the pandemic, I think we we chatted. And so it's great to be back. It's a pleasure. Yeah, well, we're super excited to have you back on the show. Most of us did not grow up thinking that we would get to work with credit unions one day. So I am so curious, what did you want to be growing up? That's a good question. You know, I think there was a time I wanted to be an architect. I've always been pretty fascinated with the built environment. And so it's cool that I'm in a working for a design build company now. Probably, I know there was that kind of zoologist, marine biologist phase too, you know, as a kid, loved animals. But yeah, it certainly never thought I would be working uh, for credit unions. You know, when you know, my remember my first bank account was with with Kitsap Credit Union, right? Back when I was five years old and never thought one day I'd be working for credit unions. So it's interesting how I ended up here. But I think honestly, though, the idea of being in business, running a business has always been interesting to me. I think since I was a little kid, just the industrialist, I guess, <laughs> in me. So it, again, you know, it's it kind of landed on a on a job in an organization. I think that's a really good fit for me. I love that. Well, uh, from the marine biologist days, now <laughs> your current role as president and director of client strategy at Momentum. Tell us a little bit about what that career journey was like for you. You know, I'm circuitous, I think. Um, I coming out of the bus, the, the Great Recession in 2008, 2009, I just, I w- had been working for a home builder who had gone under because of all the, you know, the problems with the debt markets and found myself applying for a job with momentum. And it just was a really good fit for me that the founders, I think, just really aligned with my values and, and kind of the culture that they had already created was was the kind of culture I wanted to be part of. And so I started as a project manager working with, uh, gosh, the National Institutes of Health Credit Union and Three Rivers Credit Union in Fort Wayne, Indiana were my two first clients. And I think it is though, because it was such a funny fit for me because it's a company where I get to think about numbers and use my finance background, but also think about construction and business. It just, the stars aligned. And now four years ago, I think a couple of uh, my colleagues and I bought the company from the founders and, you know, we, we kind of continue to mold, mold the company in, in our vision. That is such a cool story. I actually did not know that about about purchasing the company from the founders. And I love the work that we see that Momentum is doing. It's been a really cool direction that you've taken it. Can you tell us a little bit more about Momentum? What is that elevator pitch you give folks about what Momentum does and where you really add that value for credit unions? Yeah, I mean, we really like to say that we are the only design build partner that takes a people-centric approach to delivering buildings that help credit unions thrive. And 
And what I mean by that, a people-centric approach is that we are thinking about the way your people, so your staff, your employees, your constituents are experiencing the built environment, right? But we're also thinking about your team and the way your team experiences a project and the amount of work that goes into a project, right? So buildings exist for people. And so they have to be people-centric and we have to have we believe it's our mantra to have a people-centric approach when we conceive a design and a solution for, for a credit union. I love that. I think it is so cool to hear about the approach that you take. And I think it, it, to your point, it's so unique at the industry. The move overall to remote work, to hybrid work was a big adjustment for everyone. And it has been a real journey for not just credit unions, but for maybe the the global workforce over the last couple of years. But for the credit union industry as a whole, it was certainly a new direction. Do you see potential benefits of hybrid work schedules for credit unions? And, and how do facilities really play a role in that? I mean, we've talked about this for a few hours, right? I mean, th- that's the question of the day. How can how can credit unions leverage work from home or hybrid strategies to be more successful or or reach their objectives as an organization? There's so many, so many benefits. It, just working with the team right now in, in Pittsburgh, we're we're thinking about how we can use hybrid so that people can have a, a better work-life balance. Uh, we're thinking about how we can use it to balance productivity with more intentional collaboration. We're thinking about you know ways to save save costs on real estate, right? You know, analysis just was on a team this morning, 7 a.m. this morning, talking about the 10-year space need projection for their team. And, and they have, gosh, we're, we're projecting that they're going to have about 374 people on their team in the next 10 years. And in a traditional model, that that many people would need about 120,000 square feet of space in a building. But because of the hybrid strategy that we're integrating into this real estate strategy, they're only going to need about 60,000 square feet of space. So it's roughly a half a 50% reduction in space needs. But I would say in general, most credit unions we are talking to are are pursuing some form of a hybrid work strategy. And that, that's not surprising to me. Um, the tech companies and financial institutions are the two leading adopters in work from home and hybrid work. It's interesting when you talk about the facilities role in a hybrid work schedule, are you seeing a lot of hoteling and hot desks or what does that look like tangibly? Yeah, I, it, it should be different, right? It, it's a different way of working. So what our data shows us is that people feel more productive when they're working from home. And, and a sense of productivity really is wholly about someone's sense of their own individual work, but it doesn't really capture very well the way people work in teams or collaborate. So what that means is we're more focused now than ever before in a hybrid, I'll call it a hybrid office, your corporate office. We're more focused than ever before on spaces that intentionally bring people together and are really adept at supporting a purpose, some type of work. So that might be more intentional collaboration, project work, sharing information, it might be learning and teaching. I'll, I'll say as an aside, you know, one one of the things that are really challenging when we're when people are working from home is learning from learning from each other. And so we're really striving to find ways to make 
the corporate office better for people kind of exchanging information, tacit learning, uh, more deliberate training, and those sorts of things. It's really interesting too, when we think about the national trends that we've seen for hybrid or remote work and a lot of bigger organizations really trying to drive a return to office. Do you think that that is something that maybe credit unions should consider following as maybe a permanent return to office full time? Or what do you think is the best way for credit unions to approach that? Oh, interesting. I think the best thing to do is that there's a lot of data and maybe meaning behind the trends or behind the news that you're hearing about. So, for example, yesterday in the paper was an article about Andy Jassy, the CEO of Amazon. And in the the headline was something along the lines of, no, I'm not kidding. You are really coming back to the office. <laughs> right. And they, they've, they've definitely put their foots down. And so what I wouldn't suggest is that a credit union should, okay, Andy Jassy said, so we're going to do this too. But I would, I would be looking into why they're making this decision because credit unions are, I mean, on the whole, they're, they're relatively small organizations and um, the amount of data they, they have may not be as robust as an organization like Amazon. So there's likely some very important reasons why they're choosing to enforce their hybrid work policies. And, and I'll say for, for Amazon, their hybrid work policy, I believe it's three days in person in an office, right? And, and their reasoning for that is engagement. It's the team engaged with the work they're doing, with the purpose of the organization, and with each other. Um, it's that relationship building that comes along with being co-located with, with fellow workers. That's what I would be asking myself as a credit union leader, leader is, is this missing from our strategy? Uh, I, I do get concerned talking to some folks about the infrequency with which people are working together face-to-face. And maybe the fact that it feels like some credit unions are losing sight to the impact on, on culture and engagement that might go along with people working remotely. That's really interesting. And I, I like the kind of the individual approach that you sometimes take too. And, and this credit union should look at what's right for their people. And one of the other things that I've heard you say in the past is using that phrase purpose-driven facilities, which is not something that we always think about when we're talking about, you know, building a building, but in a really purpose-driven industry, I think that having our facilities be an extension of that makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure that it's talked about enough. How do you define what is really a purpose-driven facility? And why do you think it's so important for credit unions? Well, I think, gosh, you know, when you talk about purpose, and, and, and for us, it's even, even higher. It's purpose-driven organizations. So we know at Momentum that we're a good fit working with, with partners that are thinking beyond just dollars and cents. And they're really, they have that kind of triple bottom line mindset. So they're thinking about their impact on their employees, on the environment, on the communities, right? So a purpose-driven organization is, again, more more than just trying to increase stock returns. And so maybe facilities that are supporting a purpose-driven organization are thinking about, well, how can we bring this purpose alive? So for example, diversity, equity, and inclusion, organizations can think about how their facilities can support more inclusion amongst their team members 
and they can think about how they can be more reflective of the their diverse constituents or the diverse user users. They can think about how they can help create more opportunity for people at different levels of the organization. You know, one thing we sponsored some research around DEI in the built environment a couple of years ago. And one thing I thought was interesting that came out of that was this concept that people find opportunity in an organization, right? There may be people at different levels of the organization. I'll use credit unions as an example. Maybe people who are not college educated in a certain processing section of the organization, but maybe through collisions with other leaders in the organization, they may become build relationships and become aware of opportunities and ways to move up, right? Well, I mean, facilities can make that easier and they can make that harder, right? If you have the C-suite and the Ivory Tower and they never rub elbows with with lower levels of organization, then how can those relationships come into being? But gosh, there's so many examples. Uh, environmental sustainability, again, you know, buildings are the, I want to say the second leading creator of greenhouse gases in the country because of the energy they use to heat and cool those buildings. So if credit unions want to think about being stewards of the environment, they're thinking about the amount of energy their their buildings use and how they can have a positive impact on that. I could provide you a dissertation on the subject, but <laughs> it, it goes on and on, right? I mean, we can think about purposeful connections and engagement, right? How how can we help people find more joy in their work through better relationships with their coworkers? There's a great article in the New York Times, gosh, about six months ago. It was just fantastic. Um, the, the number one cause for people to dislike their work is that they don't have friends at work, right? So one of the oldest workplace studies around, it's a study that's been going on for like 80 years. And again, it's this data that if people, if, if you have a friend at work, you're more likely to enjoy your work. That is so, it's so true. And it's a really interesting. I'd also read that article and I love the thought behind not just like what function do our facilities, does our building, does our, you know, branch or office serve, but also to your point, how do we become, maybe you could say like even happier humans because of the place that we are going when we're going to the office? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's so interesting. Well, As we look to the future, you all are definitely thought leaders at Momentum for what that purpose-driven facility for credit unions can really look like. What is your focus for the road ahead as an organization? I I think it really is a lot of what we were just chatting about. So we're always... We we lead at Momentum. We lead with strategy. and, And in order to do that, we really need to be aware of what's on the horizon, what the trends are, and how... you know Thinking about ways that those... Trends or influencers could impact, right? Could impact a credit union. And so right now it really is around the workplace. And what I'm, I want to say concerned about, what I'm thinking about is what are the long term impacts on an organization from people working remotely? And how can we get ahead of those impacts and come up with a better way to use facilities so that they can be a net positive, right? That, that they can both sustain better work, but also be places where people want to be. I mean, if you survey employees right now, on the whole, they were, they're going to tell you they want to work from home. And they're going to tell you why they like working from home. And number one, it's because they don't have to commute. Uh, and, and beyond that, it, it's productivity and the ability to focus. Um, the 
the problem is that those responses are almost wholly around the way individuals understand completion of individual tasks. And, and they, they're not really thinking about how their work as an individual impacts other people, right? How the cumulative good helps drive an organization forward. And that that's what I'm really just trying to get ahead of now is trying to figure out, well, what are the impacts really? You know, how much is this just me being worried and how much of this is true? And then how could we create an environment that could do both things, right? Help people be productive, focus, have better work-life balance, but also have those relationships and that strong collaboration that I believe is going to drive an organization forward. I love what you're talking about. And it almost seems like putting kind of a recipe behind the secret sauce of, you know, there's this tension between return to office or remote and hybrid work. And it sounds like the the strategy that you're leading with is really kind of solving both of those challenges. I love to hear about the work you all are doing. So cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, we do a lot of surveys uh, of workers. And one thing that we were hearing even before the pandemic was people had a lot of problems with the, the office, right? The idea of coming in and working kind of elbow to elbow in an office. There were a lot of challenges and it mostly had to do with people interrupting each other, noise issues, lack of privacy, right? And so when people are working from home, they just don't have those challenges for the most part, unless you have a roommate who's working in in a small (laughs) apartment with you, right? So I think part of what has happened with, with work from home is that it really just shined a light on some of the problems that are inherent to corporate offices that needed to be resolved anyway. Mm, that's so interesting. And, you know, as credit unions, I think it's been a, a big topic of conversation is, you know, do we downsize the office or do what do we do with our branching strategy? And I think the the things that you're talking about can be built directly into that strategy as folks think about their facilities in such a way that can really, it can be more than just a building, but really drive the entire credit union space forward. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Oh, so cool. Well, Mark, as we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with our guests with some rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you even better. The questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them so great? As my grandpa, Jack, and it was absolutely because of his warmth and kindness. I mean, people just wanted to be around him and he was a natural teacher. He just wanted to help people learn. He wanted to show you how to do something that that made you happy and um he always had grandchildren neighborhood kids everyone kind of following him around to be with him because he was just such a warm great guy i love that a great answer all right if you are going to splurge on something you want to treat yourself let's say what is something you might invest a little bit in whether that's time or resources Good question. I think probably a nice, like, handmade piece of furniture and something that's classic that you can hand down. You know, not not West Elm, not Pottery Barn. You know, that stuff's nice, but it's it's still there's n- that care and love is not really in those pieces. Something again, yeah, handcrafted in the United States, solid wood, 
great design. I, I remodeled my house during the pandemic, like a lot of people. And I, I, I recently bought a couple of chairs from a small company in North Carolina. And I was just so excited to get those pieces and show them to my friends and, you know, get to enjoy them. I like it. What a good answer. All right. Random question for you. A lot of folks in credit unions travel a bit for work. What city are you the most excited to visit when you see it come up for a client visit or for a conference? Oh boy. Honestly, anywhere in in Southern California or Arizona, Palm Springs, in, in the dreary Seattle winter, it's always nice. Even if I'm working the whole time, it's just nice <laughs> to see the sun when you haven't seen it in weeks. But I mean, I, I'll say... It's been a pretty fun job touring the country. I've seen a lot of small towns and small airports, and there's something just neat about the little towns too. And gosh, you know, we take clients through the Merchandise Mart in Chicago, which is one of the biggest buildings in the world, right? And where you just get to see showroom after showroom of furniture. I, I, that's something that's really fun for me as well. Or Taking taking clients through a, man, a furniture manufacturing shop like in Holland, Michigan. It's kind of these places where you get to blend the technology with the client interaction. I think where we have a lot of fun. I love that. That is awesome. Well, cool building to visit. All right. New question for you. What is a book that you think just everybody should read? Man, I, I struggle with that a little bit. I, I think that I have such a particular taste. I'm not sure if I think everyone should read read this book, but I really love this book. I hope that I hope that's a fair answer. It's Jitterbug Perfume by Tom Robbins. I don't know if you've ever read anything by Tom Robbins, but it's it's kind of a love story and it's a little fantastic and it kind of transcends time from the Middle Ages to the present day. I found it just a really sweet story with a very lovely ending. I like that. Well, I have not read that book, but I will have to add that to my bookshelf here. All right, Mark, what has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life? And on this show, I like to refer to it as your life life. Life life. I hope this is a fair answer. It might be the relationships with the people I work with. I really like the people I work with. I have a lot of close friends here and and that works for me. And I think it works for a lot of our team members. So I've <laughs> vacationed with my coworkers. We go out to dinner. We know each other's families. I mean, it, I mean, it's not a must of working at Momentum, but we get along really well. So we enjoy being here. And I think what that means is we're kind of, we, we face challenges together. You know, we, we always feel like we have someone has our back and there's always someone here to help. And I think that just makes work less stressful. And when, you know, when work's less stress, less stressful, your life life is, <laughs> is better too. That is such a cool answer. And I love to hear the, that about the team at Momentum. And my guess is to your point earlier about having, having friends at work, that definitely has that huge trickle down impact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just recruited a new salesperson on our team who I've known through the industry for years. And I've always known she would be a great team member for her skills, but also just a great person and, and, and a good cultural fit. And so we like to, I think, kind of pursue those longer term relationships. I, in, in the construction industry, especially, there's kind of a tradition of 
almost churning and burning through staff where people get hired for a project and they do the project and they leave and go somewhere else. And, and, and I had, a, I interviewed a project engineer this morning for a job and he asked me that question. He's like, what's the long-term plan? Am I just going to be hired for one project and then it's over? And I'm like, no, of course not. You know, we're looking for someone to be part of our, you know, our team and our family for the long-term. That's amazing. Well, not just uh, in an advertisement of the services you have for credit unions here, but it sounds like a good advertisement for coming to work at Momentum. <laughs> oh man, I wish. Yeah, it, it, we all know that the workplace or uh, recruiting challenges are everyone has those these days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like a really good environment to work. If uh, anybody is looking for a job, I'm sure that they would love the idea of working there. I'm going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes, Mark. Such a good conversation. My last question for you is, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners today? Yeah, I, I would just say when it comes to workplace strategy, you have you have to check your biases. And what I mean by that is your experience bias. So because you experience the workplace one way does not mean others experience that way. And so we need to think a bit outside of that bubble because it, I, I've mentioned this a few times today. It is psychology 101 for people to think about their work in terms of their own individual tasks and productivity and not really think enough about the way they impact a team or a collaboration. So we want to check those kind of individual thoughts and think broader about the bigger team and then be prepared to make some tough decisions because I don't think decisions around the workplace and hybrid work are easy to make. I know, I know they're not. I mean, the number of credit union executives we're working with now on, on this topic is proof enough. Be prepared to make tough decisions. Absolutely. Well, just a, a perfect way to wrap up what has been a really insightful conversation today. Mark, thank you so much for taking some time and uh, joining the show today. Thank you, too. I uh, look forward to seeing you soon at one of those conferences in one of those great, great cities. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited. Mark, stay well. And thank you to all of our listeners today for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. We'll be back again next time. 